Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. As Pastor Joe Jr. said, I've been here a few years. Um, how many of you remember the movie Home Alone 2, Lost in New York? Raise your hand if you remember that movie. A lot of hands went up. It's a pretty generational movie, right? Uh, and you remember Harry and Marv, the Sticky Bandits. And as I said the first service, if, if all I do, at the very least, if I get you laughing and releasing endorphins, that's still a good thing. Because a merry heart does do good like a medicine. But you know, with Harry and Marv, um, a lot of different great scenes in that movie. But at one point, uh, it was Marv who fell through that, in the constructed house, you know, under construction, he fell through that big hole. And he fell down, it should have killed him, but naturally it didn't, according to the movie. And he's laying there, and he goes, wow, what a hole. <laughs> Remember that? Well, maybe you can say about this year, in a variety of contexts, wow, what a year. Right? And I think every one of you could put your own signature and your own stamp on that. So today I'm going to uh, share with you with regards to hope. And the hope I'm going to talk about is not, I hope so, and it's not a wishful thinking hope, but it's a hope that comes to us from the Word of God. And it's a hope that comes from God to you. Now, let me give you the number one point that I want you to uh, walk away with, as we always try to do. An attitude of gratitude brings hope into your life. An attitude of gratitude brings hope into your life. Say this with me. An attitude of gratitude brings hope into my life. Now, you might be sitting here after I had you say that and say, Well, brother, pastor, I hear what you're saying, but you don't know what my life has been like this year or for the last couple of years. And with all the devastation, with all the loss, with all the heartache, with everything that I've been through, I really, there's nothing in me, there's nothing I can look at whereby I could feel any sense of gratitude. You might be in here. That, that could be a couple of you. Well, let me just present this to you. Let me just take a moment and get you, if you will, with me, to take your eyes off of your life and the status right now of your life and take your eyes with me and look over on to the reality of what God the Father did for you by the giving of His Son, Jesus, which was His most precious relationship. And when God gave Jesus, He gave Him with all of His heart. And Jesus shed that precious, awesome blood for you. And like the one evangelist said, God is not mad at you. He values you. And the price that He paid for you is the proof of your worth. Do you hear me? So you might be in devastation. You might be in a 
pretty crazy place. So I'm challenging you and I'm submitting to you. Take your eyes off of all that devastation in your life, everything that life has thrown at you, everything the devil's thrown at you, and look over onto what has been given to you from God's heart with all of his love. And it'll bring some peace. Because it's not the end. Now, let me do a quick survey with you. How many of you, the first time you came to Believers, you knew it was home? Raise your hand if that was you. A lot of hands going up, more so than in the first service. Of course, there are more people here at this service, too. <laughs> but that, my dear brothers and sisters, is the work of the Holy Spirit. How many of you, you begin to come... The deal wasn't sealed the first time you came, but it was a positive experience, and you came back, and you came back, and then you came back, and then you began to realize this is my home where God wants me. Raise your hand if that was you. A lot of hands go up there. Here's one for you. How many of you have been here, Pastor Joe's teaching or, you know, someone's teaching the Word, and the room is full of people? But you feel like God is just talking to you. Or Pastor Joe has just got you singled out. Like you're looking around like, is there anybody else in this room? My gosh. Raise your hand if that's you. That, my dear brothers and sisters, is once again the work of the Holy Spirit. Here's one. How many of you have been in service? Pastor Joe's just teaching, you know, the way he always does. And you got your toes walked on. You got a little adjustment, a little correction, a little light came on like, you went, oh, oh, am I getting that right? Oh, how many have ever had that happen? It's all of us, a lot of hands for that too, because the Bible says that those whom he delights in, he, he chastens, he disciplines, but that also is the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, I take that little survey because I'm just wanting you to be aware of what's already been going on in you. And it's this awesome thing that the Holy Spirit's doing in you. Just like we heard about the lady that came and she says, I'm not converting, but the story's just begun. So in Romans 15, 13, look at this with me. May the God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound and be overflowing or bubbling over with hope. Such an awesome scripture in any translation that you read it in. And this is telling us that God is the source and he wants to be the source of our hope. He wants to be the source of your hope. But there's a cool thing here with the Word of God. And I'm going to challenge you and, you know, present this to you for 2016. And I know you're here, you know, you're hungry for the Word of God. So many of you are just hungry and you're going after God. But I want to challenge you with this. Take some time, take some more time this year to give yourself to the Word. Take some more time to give yourself time to read and to Get yourself in the scriptures, and if you'll do that, the Holy Spirit who inspired this word and who lives in this word, just like this scripture here where it says, may the God of all hope so fill you with all 
hope and joy and patience, and he wants to cause you to overflow with hope, God will take you, if you'll give some time into his word, God will take you from wherever you are. And whatever's gone down in your life, whatever's challenged you, whatever hits you sideways, the Holy Spirit, if you'll start to give yourself to that word, the Holy Spirit will hook up with you right where you are, and he'll bring you right into the fullness of what this word, what all the word of God has for you. He's just waiting on us. So I want to challenge you to take some time. Just, you know, give yourself some more time in 2016 into the Word of God. And one more thing in this scripture, Romans 15, 13. The second part, it says that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound and be overflowing or bubbling over with hope. And I read that, and it's cool because it's like God's giving you permission. Hey, if you want to abound in hope, you can abound in hope. It's all there for you. He's just waiting on you. Do you hear me? He says, if you let me help you, I'll take you from where you are, and I'll bring you into everything that my word has for you. Now, what does hope from God look like? Remember, what I'm trying to communicate to you today is not wishful thinking. It's not an I hope so. But let me give, give you some definitions. The Greek word is elpis. And it means, one translation is a joyful and a confident expectation. An expectation of future good. And one translation, one definition is to anticipate with pleasure. So a joyful and a confident expectation. A desire. Looking forward with a joyful and a confident expectation of something good coming. Is that a good thing? To be looking forward for something good? Is that a good thing? You know, your Bible says that God's mercies towards you are brand new every morning. So he's looking forward to you waking up so that you can spend the day with him. Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. Take a look with me. Paul's writing this by the Holy Spirit, and he says this, For we don't want you to be uninformed, brethren, about the affliction and oppressing distress. Has anybody in the room felt any distress this year? Anybody experienced any distress this year? We live in perilous times, don't we? The, the landscape, like one guy said, the landscape is no longer... Uh, fixed. It's, it's fluid. Things are moving and changing and shifting, and it's constantly shifting and changing. And so, you know, Paul dealt with distress, and you're, there's many of you in this room. You've dealt with distress this year. He goes on to say, which befell us in the province of Asia, how we were so utterly and unbearably weighed down. There's another one. Has anybody here felt weighed down this year by this thing called life? Hmm? Yeah. It happens. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But he's telling us to come to him because life has weight to it. Life has oppression to it. Life has distress as we all together live on this cursed earth. But that's not the end of the story, is it? Now he goes on and says, weighed down. And then another word he puts in, this is the amplified translation, is to feel crushed. Have you felt crushed by something to where it's just bearing down on you at times? It feels like it's crushing you. These are all the opposite things 
of what hope works in your life. This is, this is life with pressure. And he goes on to say, we despaired even of life itself. I think it would be safe to say there's probably some people in here with everything that's hit you this year and in the last couple of years, you may have come to a place where you despaired of life itself. And you know what's cool? You may feel like you're just in a vacuum, but God, who knows the number of the hairs on your head, is fully aware of where you are, what you're in the middle of, and the, your, your Bible says that his ear is attentive unto you. He's listening. And the devil and this thing called life would like to keep you bottled up and keep you just chewing on it and chewing on it. But God's saying, I'm open to your prayer. You're not alone. Is that a good thing to know? Verse 9, Indeed, we felt within ourselves that we had received the very sentence of death, but that was to keep us from trusting in and depending on ourselves instead of on God who raises the dead. And so I just want to emphasize to you here with depending on ourselves, just to emphasize to you and make the point to you that you don't have to just depend on yourself. God is there for you. And God wants to be a part of every part of your life if you'll let him. You know, it, I know it's an honorable thing to, and to be responsible. And hey, I created this situation, so I just have to suck it up and I've got to bear it up and I've got to live in it. But the Holy Spirit is saying, no, no. You don't have to depend just on yourself. I'm right here. I'm right here waiting for you to reach out to me and to let me be a part of it, to share it with me. Now, I want to make this thought and communicate this to you. His resurrection is the floor and foundation of your life. That's what makes us different from every other, you know, faith that people embrace is that the tomb is empty. Jesus was, could not be held down. Jesus could not be kept in that grave. Jesus could not be kept in those chambers in the heart of the earth. And God who raises the dead, he wants you to know that the foundation that you stand on, now it may not look like you're standing on this foundation, but I'm here to inform you that the foundation that you stand on is his resurrection. And what that means is nothing in this life can keep you imprisoned and nothing in this life can keep you down because our life is based on and our life is founded on the resurrection of Jesus. And nothing, and I don't care what your mind's telling you, I don't care what your life situation's trying to tell you, nothing can keep you imprisoned. Have you ever heard the scripture where it says, all those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved? Has anybody ever heard that scripture? The challenge is, is to get outside of your thoughts and look up and realize that God who raises the dead, who raised Jesus from the dead, is also there for you. Do you hear me? Now let me go to verse 10. For it is he who rescued us and saved us from such a perilous death 
and he will still rescue and save us. In and on him we've set our hope. Now look what it says. It's got it up there on the screen for the word hope. Our joyful and confident expectation that he will again deliver us from danger and destruction and draw us to himself. So this word, God is saying, hey guys, I don't care what you're in. I know all about it. I saw it when it was forming. I saw the attack before the thing hit you. I saw that before it even came on the horizon. And I already know how I want to rescue you. We do this in our, we do a couple of Holy Spirit Connect groups. And the one uh, book we do is by Robert Morris. And it's on getting to know the person of the Holy Spirit. And it's called The God I Never Knew. And he brings out the fact that the Holy Spirit has a soul, a mind, will, and emotions. And then he, he brings out this thought in the chapter that he knows everything all at once, all the time. The Holy Spirit, and this, this, guys, this is the Holy Spirit that is not only in the throne room of heaven, this is the Holy Spirit that's not only everywhere in the realm of the Spirit and everywhere in the universe and was a part of creating it, but this is the Holy Spirit who is living inside of you. He's living right inside of you. Now, I want you to say this with me. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit knows, everything, knows everything, all at once, all, time. all the time. One more time with me. The Holy Spirit, who is in me, knows everything, all at once, all the time. The reason I have you say that is because then it gets locked in here. So that when church is done and you're going home, you'll be laying in bed tonight and all of a sudden you'll hear, hopefully your voice, but you might hear my voice. But that'll be repeated. The Holy Spirit in me, knows everything, all at once, all the time. And he wants to help you, rescue you, deliver you, and he wants to bring you and bring your life into a place where you are full of joyful and confident expectation. Looking into 2016. Is that a good thing? To be looking into 2016 with a joyful and a confident expectation, that, my dear brothers and sisters, is Bible hope. That's hope that comes from the Holy Spirit. That's hope that comes into you. And it changes the way you look. And it changes the way you walk. And it changes and affects your choices. Hope. And Paul said, even though we were, you know, feeling like we had the sentence of death within ourselves, he who rescued and saved us from such a perilous death, and then it says, and he will still rescue and save us. And there's another scripture where it says that God is, is faithful to deliver me over and over again and to preserve me onto his heavenly kingdom. And the apostle Paul penned that by the Holy Spirit. But that scripture in the Bible is for you. That he will rescue and deliver you and then preserve you onto his heavenly kingdom. Rescue, deliver, and preserve. And I like the other part of the scripture where it says that he will draw us onto himself. 
Now today, you came into the service, and we started the praise and worship. And, you know, you may have had a challenging family situation over the holidays. Uh, you might be dealing with some things. You know, the winds might be blowing, and there can be a lot of contrary things in your life. Uh, holiday seasons mean many things to many people. You know, it's all different for all of us. Sometimes when you get a group of family together, it's wonderful and glorious and, and full of food. And there's other times when you get family together and it's, oh my gosh, I forgot about that individual and what they were still dealing with. Oh, yeah, oh, yes, whoa. But regardless of that setting, regardless of that setting, God wants you to be looking forward with a joyful and a confident hope. So Paul said we set our hope on him who is going to continue to deliver us. So then the question becomes, how do we reset our hope? And the reason I mention reset our hope is because you might have had hope at one time. You might have had expectation. You might have been looking in a direction. And then some things happened, and your feet got knocked right out from underneath you. You got hit sideways in the wind. You ever, um, anybody here ever had the wind knocked out of you? That is not fun. I remember uh, at a family reunion uh, on my dad's side over there, and we were playing, you know, uh, football. And I got tackled. And you know how it works. You get tackled, all of a sudden, poof, there goes the air. And suddenly you realize, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. I'm in compression. And you know, it eventually wears off. Thank God for that. But nonetheless, there's times when life comes and it just knocks the wind right out of you. And you had a hope, and then that hope got crushed. Can anybody relate to what I'm talking about? Has anybody ever been there? Well, so we're talking about resetting our hope. Because it's not over. It's not over. The foundation and floor of your life is his resurrection. And he came forth with every work of darkness that could try to hold him down. And we share in that resurrection. And you share in that resurrection. And I don't care what it's trying to tell you. I don't care what life's trying to tell you. I don't care what your mind's trying to tell you. I don't care what friends or family are trying to tell you. You cannot be held down. If you want to spring forth, if you want to come forth, you cannot be held down. Now, listen to Psalms 34, 18. And this is the message translation. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. That is in your Bible, too. You may not have a message translation, although with all the apps and all the technology we have, it's easy to pull it up. But if your heart's been broken, regardless of what it feels like and what's going on, God is right there. And I love that. So you can look into that. And, you know, uh, Proverbs says that a wise man sees destruction afar off and takes precaution. So I would submit, like I said earlier, get, spend some time in the Word. Because the Holy Spirit who will show you things to come, He'll also, in here, and you probably a lot of you have probably already had this, He'll pull you, He'll put a desire in you, He'll pull you over into some scriptures to be reading. 
And it's a peaceable time. But he's just in here. He's just got you with a desire over there to read these scriptures. And then a few weeks down the road or a month down the road, all of a sudden, this contrary wind blows or this situation hits the horizon. And instead of it blowing you out of the water, you know, sometimes watching a good movie or a good series is when you have the phrase, wow, I didn't see that coming. And that's a sign of a good writer, isn't it? But it's not so fun in life. Like, bam, wow, I didn't see that coming. Well, the Holy Spirit who, who is in you, remember, he knows everything all at once, all the time. He'll just put that desire in you. He'll pull you over into that word to spend some time. And he'll get you ready so that when that offense comes or when that, that blow to your heart comes, oh, yeah, I remember. God, you said you're right there. I'm just so thankful that right in the midst of this thing that hit me, right in the thing that's trying to blow me out of the water, I thank you that you're right there. And then something happens because you acknowledge God. And then you remember the Holy Spirit had you over in those scriptures about a month ago. Isn't God good? And God is not a respecter of persons. He wants to do that for every single one of us. And that's why I challenge you to, in 2016 to spend some more time, giving yourself some more time to his word. Because that word is alive, and he comes alive in that word to make that word come alive in you. And that you get your GPS lined up, and then you're navigating. And then, like it says in the Psalms, my soul escaped out of the snare of the fowler. He'll cause you to just step right over that thing. He wants to do that for every one of you because of his incredible love. And then the next part of the verse says, you'll find, right, you'll find God right there. Then it says, if you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Has anybody in here by any chance ever had life kick you in the gut? Can anybody relate to that statement? Has anybody ever had a close friend kick you in the gut in a manner of speaking? Like, wow, I didn't see that coming. I'll give you a little story because um, we're talking about resetting our hope. Years ago, I don't know if it's been eight, nine, I don't know how many years it's been, um, I was invited to be a part of a project. And so we were working on the project uh, with some friends, and we we're about halfway through this project. And then one morning, I get an email informing me that uh, the decision has been made to move me off of the project, and we're moving someone else in on the project, and you'll probably see their car. And I read that email, and it literally, boom. Kick me right in the gut. Anybody ever had that happen? And it was not a verbal, let's sit down and talk about that. It was an email. And you know how emails can be sometimes. They can go a lot of ways. Can anybody understand in, our, in this wonderful age of technology? Sometimes texting can get you in quicksand. Sometimes emails can get you in quicksand. Has anybody, anybody ever been there? You start texting, oh my gosh. This is not going, you're seeing the feedback, this is not going the way it should, and you feel the sinking feeling. Has anybody ever been there? Or is that just me? Maybe it's just me. Nonetheless, I was kicked in the gut. And you know, sometimes, whether you have surgery or if you, you know, cut yourself, sometimes, depending on the cut, there is, at least temporary, there's some nerve damage. 
in that area that had sensitivity and feeling, all of a sudden, uh, you know, it's healing up. And the scar, you know, the, the scar's pretty much gone, other than, you know, you can see the incision. But you're noticing, oh, I can't feel anything right there. What's happened? Those nerve ends got cut. Sometimes they grow back and reconnect. And I found sometimes they don't. But, so here I am, and I mean, I just crossed my soul. I just had this cut. I'm just numb. So I'm just, I'm walking by faith, but I'm numb. Still kind of stunned. Like, wow, I guess this really did happen. <laughs> Anybody ever been stunned by a situation? And, you know, usually when you get kicked in the gut, it's, it's usually not somebody that's far off. It's usually somebody that's a little closer to you. You understand what I'm saying? They're a little bit, you know, a little bit more connected to you. So anyway, we're talking about resetting your hope because God wants you, as we saw in Romans 15, 13, God wants you to be filled, overflowing with hope. So here I am, can't feel a thing, still kind of numb, literally. But what I did at that point not based upon how I felt or the situation. But what I began to do is I began to save this. Remember, an attitude of gratitude brings hope into your life. And I began to say, Father, I thank you for your love that's being poured into my heart. I thank you for the love of the Holy Spirit that is being poured out in my heart. And I thank you that in that love there is healing that's coming to my heart. I thank you that you are healing those areas. And I'll be honest with you, when I first began to say that and give thanks in that, it didn't just happen lickety split. But I knew enough about this process that I just stayed with it. I stayed with it. Father, I thank you for your love that's being poured out of my heart by the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I'm saying this by faith right now because as far as my feelings, there is nothing. Still numb, nerve ends are disconnected. But I'm saying that, and I'm thanking him. And through the process of time, that love began to spring up, and that hope began to open up. And he began to make everything new on the inside. And what are we talking about? We're talking about you may have been devastated. Your hope may have been crushed. Your life may feel like it's been crushed. Crushed, you've been in distress. But the Holy Spirit who's in you, he's got hope that he wants to spring up. Now, just like when you came in and began to sing the songs today, and, you know, uh, sometimes I've met with guys and they're like, oh, I don't like singing. I, 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 I like Pastor Joe. I like to teach him. I don't like that song stuff. I'm not a singer. I don't sing. I don't sing that stuff. Now, there have been times where I talk to guys and they'll say, well, I don't, I don't sing in church. But then they'll, they'll be honest with me when they get on their secular tunes out in the you know, in the car, they'll jam away with it. So I try to challenge them on, on that. But when you came in today and you began to sit, open your mouth and start to sing the songs, what began to happen inside? Did you feel life begin to flow? And guys, you know, and, and a lot of us, you know, some of the words are new. We don't know the songs yet, but you're still, you're singing along. And did you feel peace begin to flow? And did you begin to feel God's love begin to open up and flow in you? And I've talked to people over and over again because part of what I do in pastoral care is I do counseling and coaching. And I, you know, I work with people in their walk with God. And they'll tell me over and over again, oh, when I begin to sing, 
as terrible as the day was, as terrible as the week was, when I began to sing, this love of God and this peace began to open up inside me. And, you know, and I've heard guys even say this. Yeah, man, it was a heavy load, and all of a sudden it got light. That's all I can tell you. It just lightened up. Well, what happened? You were actually resetting your hope. You were resetting yourself in the presence of God. Now, and through the process of time, like I said, my hope sprang back, and I went on with excitement and desire, and God's faithful. And I share that because that's for every one of us. That's for every one of us. Now, the hope we're talking about, Thanksgiving, the hope we're talking about, Thanksgiving is the pathway for delivery. And remember our thought, an attitude of gratitude brings hope into your life. Is there anybody in this room that would like more hope from God flooding your heart? Or is everybody here just totally satisfied with the level of hope you have? Well, an attitude of gratitude brings hope into your life. Look at this last scripture in Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred or delayed makes the heart sick, but when the desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. I think every one of us has experienced that scripture where something you were counting on, something you were anticipating, something you were ramping up for, something you were looking forward to, and all of a sudden you get notified that, no, well, it's not going to happen now. They're thinking maybe six months down the road, or this happens, or that happens. And so what happens is that hope is delayed or deferred. And, and what does it do? It doesn't make you go, oh, that's so good. I'm so happy. No. It puts a weight on your heart, doesn't it? But then look at this next part of the verse. But when the desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. And what I like about this scripture and what I want to communicate to you today is hope and desire flow and work together. Just like when you get the water, you get the wet. You know that. When you get the water, you get the wet. The wet is in there. Hope, hope from the Holy Spirit, hope from God also brings with it desire. And I say that to you and to us because as we look towards 2016, the Holy Spirit, if you'll give him opportunity, the Holy Spirit wants to cause hope, the hope of heaven, to bubble up in you. And with that, he wants every one of us, every one of you, to have new desires. He wants to spring up in you. He wants to cause to spring up in you new desires, new hope, new desires. When you get hope and you get desire, it gets you looking. It gets you looking with joyful anticipation. So I want to communicate that to you, that 2016 is going to be our best year yet as a church, as a body, going after the harvest, and 2016 can be the best year for you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word that is alive. I thank you 
Holy Spirit, for all that you've done today for turning on lights, for restoring. For some, you've just brought these things to our remembrance and you stirred up our pure mind. But I thank you that you're setting us up for a future that's full of hope, full of joyful and confident expectation. And I thank you that you have that in store for every one of us. But we have to allow it to happen. We have to give you that place. So I thank you that this is a people that is hungry for you. And so I'm confident, I'm confident that everyone, everyone here is going to open themselves up to the desires of God and to the hope that you have for them. New desires, new people to reach, new doors to open. Thank you for doing that in every one of our lives. Thank you so much for that. Now, while your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, give me just a moment here. You might be here today, and you've heard about this hope. You've heard about Jesus being raised from the dead, but you're, you're aware of the fact that, you know, if I died today, I, I really don't know where I would go. I actually thought for years God was just really upset with me because he saw everything I did. Well, I want to tell you that God is not mad at you. He's not upset with you. That he actually loves and values you. And the price he paid for you in giving his son Jesus is the proof of your worth to him. And that's what Jesus did. He came and he died to take your sin and take it out of the way so that you could have full access to a loving, holy God. And today, he offers to everyone the free gift of eternal life. So we're going to say a simple prayer to receive that free gift. Everybody here is going to help me. And if you've never prayed that prayer to receive Jesus and that free gift of eternal life, you can join us and pray that prayer. Brothers and sisters, just say this with me. Jesus, I thank you for coming to the earth, entering into our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross to take away my sin. Thank you for shedding your blood to cleanse me. I receive you now as my Savior, and I call you Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for the free gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.